Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to Screen Heroes. I am Ray. I am one of your weekly hosts, and I am joined by my other two weekly hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Derek. Hello. How are you, boys? Not too bad. We're here. Yeah. 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 Ready to do this thing. Doing it. Killing it. Sure. Showing up. Undecided. We're here to talk and discuss things of an entertainment nature. That's true. It's what we do. It is. Yes. So... Tonight's episode is all about Spider-Man. I was going to go straight to news. I was like ready. Specifically the newest movie that yeah. just came out. Yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man Far General. From Home. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what our night is. So that's what we'll be talking about. There will be spoilers. We always talk spoilers eventually. But of course, first and foremost, entertainment news. So I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but Disney cast their live action uh, Little Mermaid. And uh, white people lost their shit. Yeah. <laughs> like Twitter and Reddit were disgustingly racist. People were mad. Yeah. Um, I just kept misreading her name as Halle Berry. And I was like, well, I mean, she's a little old for the role, but <laughs> I like her. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's actually Halle Bailey yeah. from the R&B duo Chloe and Halle, who are sisters. That's it is, cute. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know her. I, it's not Halle Berry, who is a wonderful and beautiful 50-year-old woman. <laughs> It's not playing as six. She was the only Hallie B I knew. That's fair. A lot of people made that. And that's why Holly Berry had to tweet about it later. Yeah. You weren't the only one who thought that. But what's important is we're now arguing over the possible skin tones for a mythological creature in an animated film. Yes. Yes, we are. You know. The internet is 2019. Yeah. And Terry Crews wants to play King Triton, which I'm... I mean, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, that's... I think that's my favorite part, because once they announced Halle Bailey, everybody else was just like, and these can be her six sisters, and this can be Ursula, and this can be Triton, and I loved it. Like, There's only one Triton for me, and that's Terry Crews, if he's not in it. I mean, I'm already not interested, really, but if he was in it, I'd have at least a sliver of interest. Well, the other one that I really like is Idris Elba. Like, I, I would. He doesn't watch. need to be in everything. Give Terry a chance. Stop. I don't know that his accent works that well. Idris's. He always I don't has think a. It bit, matters. Also, all Terry Cruz has to do is be his Old Spice personality, and that's like perfect <laughs> for it, right? 
I mean, come on. I mean, Terry does have the body for it since, you know, he's like naked totally. But like from the top, that top torso is bare. Yeah. You know, and so Terry could just be him and it would look fine. And his pecs can dance. <laughs> yes. We never knew he wanted King he's Triton's pecs. Golding his daughter and his pecs. <laughs> no, no, no. You just you have a shot before you're like, she's going to come talk to him. Right. And right before she's entering the room, you just you cut to him and he's in a mirror and he's doing it in a mirror. And then she that's walks right. in and is really embarrassed. I think um, that's the scene. Um, She swims in. They don't walk. Yeah. They don't have legs. Underwater There's an entire song about what's that word? <laughs> Okay, confession. I haven't seen Little Mermaid in like 20 years. Oh, my God. It was not my favorite of the film. So I'm actually more looking forward to a live action one that might grab me a bit. I am, too, to be completely honest. Like, Ariel was kind of a dick. (laughs) So, you know. It was never really for me. Anyway, um, more Disney news. The Mulan trailer dropped. Did you guys see that? I did. What'd you think? I mean, I thought it looked like a really epic film. It doesn't really remind me of the Mulan story, which is fine, but it of looks really Disney cool. Mulan. Oh, the Disney Mulan yeah. story, excuse me, the animated one. Uh, but it looks really cool. And um, and of course, I'm drawing a blank on her name now, but the uh, the woman pronounce. who played Keiko O'Brien uh, is uh, playing, appears to be playing Mulan's mother. Guys, we made it four minutes before Star Trek reference. Not bad. I think that's pretty good. It's very relevant, though. I, it I didn't is. even know that was a Star Trek reference, to be honest with you. Yeah. So. It is. Well, anyway, she appears to be playing Mulan's mother, but IMDb doesn't actually show her character name. She's just on the cast list. Interesting. So maybe I'm wrong, and it just the, the way the trailer was cut made it look that way, but um, that's cool. I yeah. always like seeing Trek actors in other things. So. It looks good. The choreography, from what I can see, looks interesting, and um, you know, it's not much. It no, was, it, was, it was only it was a two-minute teaser. So, yeah. oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm more interested in that than I normally am in Disney movies. So, I agree. It looks really cool. I gotta say, I was pretty bummed when I heard that the songs were being cut and Mushu was being cut and Shang was being cut. And then, you know, I I did a little research and I found out that all those things were very poorly received by the Chinese culture. And in you know the 1990s, people may not have given as much crap about it but now you know the chinese box office if you bomb there your movie bombs really badly so trying to appeal to them is probably the best move and now like we're gonna see a female-led war epic and i don't think i've ever seen that so that's cool yeah yeah looks good yeah looking forward to it march 2020 yes yes actually like the teaser just said spring 2020 so Okay. I thought they it was slated for March, but yeah, they might. Cool. All right. So Marvel announced that they're going to have a panel at um, San Diego, San Diego Comic Con. I blanked on that. Ninety-minute panel. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. Um, speculation. Totally, they're going to reveal Phase Four there, in which, which is weird because you would think they would have done it at D twenty-three. Well, they said they were going to, yeah. and D twenty-three is in September this year to keep away from SDCC. So uh, this is a last-minute edition. I'm wondering if San Diego approached them because earlier this year they made a big deal about how they weren't going to do it. They weren't going to do a Hall H panel, and now they are. Or they're worried about something leaking, and they want to get ahead of it. Yeah. That's fair. You know, um, but I mean. 
D23 could focus on all the live action Disney stuff they're doing, the new Pixar film, all the Star Wars stuff. Oh, they totally the new will. Disney Plus service that's going to be coming out like a month or two later. Yeah. So they don't, I don't think they need Marvel content for D23 to have a full slate and they could always do more stuff. Like, so I'm going to, you know, say it again, but uh, Star Trek uh, also has a 90 minute hall h mm-hmm. panel at sdcc this year and the following week is star trek las vegas which is the largest trek convention in the country um so i imagine there will be stuff left out of the sdcc one for oh, stlv sure. so you know i'm sure they'll do the same thing for marvel well the d23 has always focused on every aspect of disney whereas right. this will just be marvel so i imagine there will be a marvel panel but it could be more slated towards their tv shows and i imagine the big hype at uh d23 is going to be the future of star wars considering they have a few tv shows announced but we don't really know what the following trilogy is going to be that's true yeah mm-hmm. i'm hoping we get you know to find out some more information on some of the tv stuff yeah the marvel thing movies are great you know we all want to know what phase four is but i've very much enjoyed agents of shield and i know we got this season that's running now and one more season i think is their last one they've announced so right um you know i'd like to find out if there's anything coming after that are they doing anything with hulu um well yeah like i want to know what's going on with the runaways they i uh, got into that show same with cloak and dagger like and they keep renewing them for more seasons but they're not really announcing them or plugging them as much so what what's going on yes more information on some of the animated shows they're doing yeah the, the offenders and some of those the what if would be cool yeah. to kind of see because we know that they're, they're gonna do a um peggy carter peggy carter i want to say Haley outwell uh yeah. peggy carter as captain america but we don't know what else is coming down the pipe from that so absolutely and yeah. maybe we'll get some glimpses at WandaVision and uh, Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier. Disney Plus did release their full schedule when things are going to line up. None of the Marvel shows that are filming are appearing at launch. It's um, but all of the MCU will be available at launch. So we'll be able to see that. I think Endgame is the only one that won't be at launch and we'll get that a few months later. But once the Netflix contract is up. Exactly. And I, I think the Mandalorian is a launch it is. show. Yeah. So that one and what if are at launch. It's the Loki, the WandaVision and the Captain. But is well, it just one episode? Or I was just going to ask, do we know if they're releasing it weekly? We don't. I want to know. I want to know that it's all there for me to binge. Well, but that's the new one. thing, though, is like Netflix is the only one that drops the full seasons now. Everybody no, else. Amazon Prime does, too. Do they? Because mm-hmm. okay. well, we watch Good Omens all, all in one day. I guess it depends day. on. They did for The Tick. So I guess it gets complicated depending on the tick what country was you're in. Half. It was, yeah. but they released all, the ep- all, all those parts, you know. No, you're right. That was a weird, a weird way to do it, but yeah. It gets complicated internationally because they are... they're basically licensing shows internationally that are under a different service here in the u.s yes so that creates some complications but okay either way most are releasing weekly now you know the dcu is doing that cbs all access has been doing that um so i imagine it's weekly because they're gonna want people to stay (laughs) subscribed you know i don't know they have a lot of content i don't think they're gonna be hurting for people to say stay subscribed i guess we'll see 
Yeah. I mean, I also just don't think they want their $100 million Star Wars show to be gone in 48 hours and everyone's done with it. You know what I mean? Like the media hype will be over in a weekend. I imagine they'll do it weekly, to be completely honest, because that's what new networks new streaming platforms need they need people to not just sign on and be done with it they need people to sign on and stay on yeah uh let's see ghostbusters 2020 got a couple new cast additions it did yeah nobody that anybody really cares about right it's just i'm still super focused on paul rudd (laughs) yeah oh yeah we didn't talk about that did we paul rudd i think we did did yeah yeah it was a couple weeks ago yeah that was the big casting but then there was Mm -hmm. a couple very young kids cast also and nothing very exciting but yeah ghostbusters Uh, dark crystal uh derek i know you wanted to talk about dark crystal a little bit sure so uh they released a bunch of photos of characters alongside their voice actors and um i mean it's just a ton of really cool actors they they left sigourney weaver off which may have been by accident may have been very intentional we made well so that was a fan site that wasn't the official site Okay. So a fan put that together. Do you know where they got all the photos of the characters? I mean, it was the official Dark Crystal page that shared it. I thought it was too, but it wasn't. No, I mean the photo. Fo- the that one that page only has three thousand likes and it's mostly oh. fan posts. I wonder where these characters came from then, because they all look pretty real. That doesn't mean that they haven't release them somewhere but the post either way they do, they do post random like yeah sh- images of the characters on their twitter and stuff occasionally so the the post got traction and you know we got to see a lot of the skexies the skexies have really cool names it reminds me of doctor who characters the gallifreyans all go by uh nicknames and they're all like it's not just the doctor but there's also you know the master and the librarian and things like that so the skexies all have really cool the job names the architect the, the chamberlain uh, they did yeah yeah so that connects although they did have also other names skek ung skek tech it was skek tech right. was the scientists you know all these other i don't even know them all my brothers know them all because they're crazy about that stuff but um yeah Get on their level ryan yeah I, apparently i need to <laughs> try harder but yeah they i mean it's a loaded cast really loaded i can't remember the last show that i've seen that had such amazing talent in droves it makes me does. almost nervous because I think like some of these roles are going to be in one episode. They might be. You know? I'd like to know the budget. Since it's mostly practical effects and that in itself can be expensive and the voice cast is certainly not cheap, even though it's cheaper than having them there in person, I would be curious to know the budget. It's crazy. What year did that swing? Because practical effects used to be the cheaper way to go about it. And computer it's still effects- pretty um, cheap. I mean, CGI is still very expensive. I mean, they're, they both have their pluses and minuses. Uh... Okay. I mean, Derek knows all the budgets for practical effects versus CGI effects. It's not what I said. It's not what I said. Well, but you're doubting. The, I mean, because I, I, mean, I do some think people in just general, choose ease now. I do think in general it is cheaper because of labor costs to do CGI. Because the, the number of CGI animators you would need for a single creature or object versus the number of, you know, prop makers and puppeteers and things like that i think is well it's is not the, the same technology right. that they used in 1982 and they had 13 people doing no, one skexy so no, it's not the same technology that's I true mean, I, I think that that's probably the cost for both of those technologies progressed on both of them and i think that they're probably like i said they each have their own benefits I, i'm not going to pretend that i know that one <laughs> is more expensive than the other or vice versa but yes at some point it does seem like 
you know, CGI was so expensive and right? practical effects. You've got to go with those if you're a low budget movie. And now it's, you know, there's a mix. A mix seems to be the way to go for most well, movies. Now, like today. lower budget movies will use special effects, uh, CGI effects all the time. And it, I have zero idea where they got that. I money. think part of the issue is that there's a much wider range in CGI effects, right? Like you can have incredibly cheap unfinished CGI like effects. Yeah. Um, well, I was, I was, or I was, incredibly great CGI effects like Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to use the, uh, the unfinished Hulk scene that they added to Endgame as an example. But like, yeah, like what you see like on a, on a TV commercial all the way up through what you would see in the highest budget films like Spider-Man and things like that. You know, there's a wide range, whereas practical effects it either looks good or it doesn't look good there's not a whole lot of gray area yeah you know you either get episode one yoda or you get episode seven or eight yoda yeah so um, or episode five yoda yeah i was trying to go with i know you were but you know but needless to say jim henson and henson well not jim henson anymore but the henson company is always at the cutting edge of you know practical effects and puppetry work and so i'm sure that they were on the bleeding edge of the ways to do this in a convincing way and also a cost-effective way. So, I mean, it doesn't look like they spared any expense on anything. I mean, everything looks so gorgeous and perfect. So, I I I would just be curious. I'd be curious, too. Is it Mandalorian budget? Is it half that? There's no way. I mean, I can't imagine it costs that much. No, I can't either. Because the sets aren't going to be Netflix doesn't have Disney money. That's true. Like they probably have, if anybody else has close enough, it's probably Netflix. But they still don't have the same amount of equity to throw into their projects just yet. I I just don't think you could spend that kind of money on on this because just the sheer size of the sets wouldn't be the same. Like when you think about the Mandalorians, got to walk through entire cities at times and have ships that they're going to have to be on and things of that nature. Like that's where the expense really comes in. So Stranger Things dropped this last week. It dropped on Fourth of July, and uh, did the you watch has it? Exploded with memes since then. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, my girlfriend and I binged it uh, Saturday night and Sunday throughout most of the day. It was nice. only eight episodes, so it wasn't that bad. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we knocked it out. What'd you guys think? I was no spoilers. Everybody spoiling it. everything for me. So right. between that and Spider Man, so we had till Sunday to see Spider Man. I was walking on eggshells all around the internet. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was better than season two, but maybe not me as good too. as season one. Um, yeah, it's tough to say anything without getting into spoilers. So. No, I don't want to spoil anything. The one cool thing for those who have seen it, uh, Baskin Robbins is releasing a USS Butterscotch ice cream flavor. Which is Derek cute. Is very interested in. Uh, I think it's. I Aren't think they it's releasing new tie-in. Coke also? Well, or the, yes, the that's, cans. That's They're out. Doing the cans. So I don't. I only know of one way to get it. Uh, Coca Cola is selling a special pack. It's twenty bucks. It comes with four things: two glass bottles that are Stranger Things themed of normal Coke, and then two cans of new Coke. And you've already got this. No, right? no it's twenty bucks for four cans. That. Well, I mean, I haven't really decided yet. I just <laughs> how dare you speak yet. out of turn, Rachel? Um, Sorry, just trying to have a wedding over here. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, spend twenty bucks on four things of soda that we can't Collectibles, drink. We Rachel. have to look at. Well, no, look I would the... drink one of the new cokes yeah. and save the other one. Jeez, yeah, amateur. 
Anyway, so um, I will say one criticism I have of Stranger Things this season is the product placement was so blatant that it distracted me. It was not good. Like I 100% disagree. Oh, yeah? Because in the 80s, product placement was 100% it shoved was, in your face. Mac I, and Me was a movie all about mcdonald's i think it was yeah it that's was why like, it was called mac and yeah, me like it was it's and not good that was i thought it was right on brand i mean even before that close encounters much. the lights were supposed to be product logos because spielberg was trying to make a point about how if aliens were to communicate with us that's the language they would think we used yeah but he couldn't afford the licensing so they couldn't do it so i mean that didn't bother i'm me. not saying that it, it wasn't a lot of people in like that it didn't make sense i'm just saying that like it was every episode every scene this is not a spoiler the discussion about new coke versus old coke that was too much for you no no that was was an actual thing that that, happened a lot that was fine i'm just saying that you know close-ups on the burger king and 7-eleven and tostitos and like it was so much modern modern stuff does that now it's just you don't think about it because it's brands we see every day i think this is just a little more obvious because like oh man i remember that pizza no like you know that was the mall the mall was just a bunch of like i remember when those shows were or those stores were open like that was fun for me is the fun hide and go seek of that but everything else (laughs) I just felt it was like, how much money do they give you for this? So. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Weird Al did announce he has released that shirt um, that uh, Dustin's wearing. No. Yeah, you can buy it now. I got the email. Oh Derek's on the Weird Al e- email list. He is, man. Yeah, I've been on email. Uh- okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On the uh, Weird Al email we list for a very long time. Weird Al was in his life before I was. It's fine. It's fine, guys. Gotcha. Well, I mean, the first concert, the he, first he concert I ever went to was a Weird Al concert. I will say that if you're complaining about the amount of smoking in Stranger Things. It's like you didn't live in the 80s. Right. Like, yeah. up until the mid-2000s, guys. Like, 2006, you could smoke literally almost anywhere. Yeah. So... <laughs> See, I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, there's a particular <laughs> moment that I actually laughed about it, about how blatant it was. Oh, yeah? Uh, we could talk about that offline. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it's a it's a tough line to walk, though, because you look at even, like, older stuff like Ghostbusters, for example, right? All of like, them are smoking. Yeah, there's the whole, like, all the time. The whole and make it look really cool, mm-hmm. yeah. But, like, that's not... Sigourney Weaver's the only only one that's not smoking and that might have been a character thing and not an actor thing janine doesn't smoke i thought janine did i don't did. think she does okay, I, I mean i never fair. really like analyzed it that much yeah. but i don't think she did i don't know I, but like in or today's 
executives. Oh will yeah, do, right? that's right. But like you know, you can't do that anymore, and and you know, stuff aimed towards children. And so Stranger Things has this weird job to do where it wants to be accurate to the time, but you know what is okay and what's not okay and i don't know i mean it's i don't see stranger things as being a kids show it's about kids no it's actually but... three different three different movies going on at the same time yeah. you have yeah. you have the kids like adventure tale then you have the uh teenage horror movie mm-hmm. then you have the adults with like a crime drama spy and, thriller kind yeah, of thing and then yeah when they all come together then you know that's when and things that's, actually get done but that's stranger things uh, the first season was that like way. that where they have you know yeah. two or three different plots going and yeah well, just like I, I've seen some headlines about some other show on Netflix about it being the uh, the Stranger Things for adults, and I'm just wondering who out there is watching Stranger Things and thinking this show's too juvenile for me. I, yeah, I don't know. You know, the only juvenile part was the never ending story sing along. Oh, and my I how was, dare was, you? Okay, no, no, like that was the, no, we're not. That was the only like cutesy kid part. I didn't think it was juvenile or immature, and I thought it it was fine. It was a nice break from the serious stuff. I did not like. Like that oh i, I mean, knew I you would hate it use, but like did it, it go on the too very long last episode and everything is culminating yeah that's true it was, really- it was like a four minute never-ending story song break it's like what in the world is happening Ray made fun of me because I picked up on what song it was on like note three. No, he gets the third <laughs> word out of his mouth, and Derek's like, "Is that the never-ending that, story?" No. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's what." I don't know what why you gotta tamper me down. Let's move on. I'm not. All right, I'm like, let's not spoil whatever. Spoilers. Okay, so last thing, and then we'll move on to Spider-Man: Far From Home. Uh, reports are saying that X-Men: Dark Phoenix bombed bigger, worse, harder stick. than fantastic for 2015's version so that that says a lot that says a lot imagine how much worse it would have done if ian hadn't been alive <laughs> ouch um, so some, so, hard. some important things to note for what this means it doesn't necessarily mean that dark phoenix physically sold fewer tickets right it has to do with the ratio between the budget and how much the movie made because the idea is that a film is not truly profitable until it doubles its budget and Correct. so there's a ratio that's done and if you work off of the budgets and x-men dark phoenix had a higher budget than fantastic four did fantastic four made more percentage wise x-men had a higher budget than like Almost every the budget for that movie was very very yeah high. it was Star Wars almost two hundred yeah. something basically something it like lost that. more money than Fantastic Four lost that's what it comes down yeah. to just yeah. in perspective so that sucks and it is a good thing that Disney now has it in its Did possession it really lose that money because I mean Disney bought them out so the money Fox was lost to didn't Fox. lose Fox, any money Fox you know was the one that spent all that money or most of it anyway Disney. All they really did was release it. I mean, so finances, when it comes to like corporations who purchase corporations, gets kind of complicated, right? Because it was 20th Century Fox was the production company. But Fox, Fox, Fox Corp on top of that, of course, owned 20th Century Fox. So I guess it kind of depends when the bills were paid, right? And I mean, Disney still had to pay for promotion and all that stuff. Yeah, marketing, things things like that. And that's why they have to double it, right? Because the movie had a budget, but there is the the marketing and promotional budget, Which they did not spend anything on. Which, I mean, an argument could be made that maybe it didn't lose as much as people think because they didn't spend as much (laughs) on that. Yeah, there was no promotion for that movie. You know, like John Carter of Mars really didn't have a marketing budget, so. Which was super dumb, like. 
that mo- that movie is underrated. It was really good compared to the source material. I thought it was a great adaptation. Anyway, moving on. So we're going to go on break like we do. It'll be 30 seconds or less and then we'll come back. Yeah, I'm timing you. Make my commercial breaks tolerable. You got this. Hey, friends. This is Cam, one of the hosts of the Gamer Heroes podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the show you're listening to right now. And if you are, please consider becoming a patron of the Heroes Podcast Network at patreon.com slash heroespodcasts. Your support would genuinely mean the world to us and would allow us to cover hosting costs for the website, get new equipment and software, and even make it out to different conventions and events to meet you, our loyal listeners. All Patreon tiers will get you access to the Patron Lounge and Slack, which will allow you to chat and interact with your favorite HPN hosts. On behalf of everyone here at HPN, thank you all so much for your continued support. We really couldn't do any of this without you. All right, guys, we are back. We're here to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home, which came out on Tuesday, I guess, technically, to get ahead of the 4th of July long weekend kind of thing. So um, it feels like a long time since I've seen this movie. It's really been less than a week still, but I usually see these on Friday or Saturday, so it's a long time. Um, What do you guys think? Spoiler free. Yeah, right now, we'll do spoiler warning in just a couple of minutes. But right now, what do you think? I liked it better than Homecoming. Same yeah, here. Yeah, it's definitely better than Homecoming. Um, probably my second favorite live action Spider-Man movie. I think it's my first. Live action, I guess I can get pretty Yeah, live action. I still Into think the Into Spider- the Spider-Verse is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's fair to rank it with the live action ones because there's just there's some things i'm not sure we're ready to do in live action um but and the visuals of of into the spider verse are just insane yeah um so i I think it's probably my second favorite of the spider-man live action films to to spider-man 2 way back when one thing that that, um the tom hall and spider-man movies do very well is the villains um and i'm not going to spoil anything about this movie right now but uh the villain is handled very well in this movie, um, just like Michael Keaton was. Michael Keaton was the highlight of the first movie. I think all of us pretty much agreed on that. Um, so, yeah, I think keep that tradition going. If there's a third one, then, uh, you know, I'm hoping that they do the same thing. Yeah, so that's that's where things get interesting, because Tom Holland, one, has said that he wants to play Spider-Man until he can no longer walk. So. As far as he's concerned, I'm not sure I want old man Spider-Man. I'm not sure I want that either. But you are Spider-Man. Yeah. Hugh Jackman will show up. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, nope, nope. <laughs> he's not quitting the role. That's basically what he's saying. Um, and Feige has said that they have at least five to seven storylines planned. However, interesting tidbit that came out today. So the Sony. And Marvel contract is done after this movie, but the rights go back to Sony if this movie does not make a billion dollars. Is it at the box office or just total? At, at the box yeah. office. Okay. Um, international. International. Um, to date, it's at 588 and change after about uh, less than a week. You know, a, a full uh, counting so Monday's numbers. A full, a full likely going to hit a billion dollars. It'd be, be close. It would be pretty surprising if it didn't. Now, to be fair, there's some other big hitters that are out. Right, you've got Toy Story Four, The Lion King's coming out soon. There's some other big movies, but it made half. It made almost sixty percent of that in its first week. Yeah. Um, 
it would be pretty shocking if it didn't hit a billion dollars based on that. Now, that number is kind of surprisingly high because its opening weekend numbers were only ninety three point six million, which doesn't sound like much. I mean, Toy Story weekend, out, it had been that. out for five days before opening well, the, weekend or four days before opening. That's weekend. where it gets complicated, right? So the opening weekend is the fifth through the seventh, but it opened on the second. So it's it's really hard to to kind of say. So the second through the seventh, if you include. It's from it's Tuesday release day through Sunday. It made 185 million, That's which is much a much better. bigger opening. Yeah. Right? Um, so like when you release on these weird days, it kind of screws up everything. It was the largest there's, Tuesday opening ever. There's only three <laughs> holidays where people do that. It's Fourth of July. It's Thanksgiving and it's Christmas. And it's because there are a large portion of the population that aren't celebrating those. So they go see movies. That's or what they, they do. Have extra days off of work. Exactly. And things like that. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why they release on those weird days. And it's unfortunate that we can't include everything in the reports, but whatever, whatever. Well, yeah, it skews all the numbers, right? Because if you were to compare it to other Spider-Man films, it's fourth place opening weekend because it only reports the 92 and a half that it made. Because Spider-Man 3 made 151. Well. This outdid Spider-Man 3. If you include the first three days, it was out. Right. And that's just where it gets tough. Because that movie came out in May. It didn't have a holiday to jumpstart off of. So it's really hard to compare them. Didn't it come out at Memorial Day? Mm-mm. Oh. Beginning of May. Oh. So. You mean Cinco de Mayo doesn't count? It's a it's movie holiday? It's not a movie holiday. No. <laughs> no, it's um, not. That people get off work for to go see movies. Probably it's not. a the Mexican restaurants hate white people day. No, an argument could be made that it had some stiff competition with Stranger Things coming out. Right. A lot of people binge Stranger Things over the weekend. Um, f- over 40 million people yeah. started watching Stranger Things already, which was a record for Netflix with almost 20 million already finishing it. So those people may have been too busy to see Spider-Man. I really hope that Netflix doesn't take that as a hint. And they're like, well, we just need to wait two years between every season. Like, <laughs> fuck you. Don't do that. Well, I, I imagine we'll have to wait at least a year and a half because the next one's going to be at Christmas. You think so? Oh, yeah. We can talk about that spoiler-filled stuff later at another time. Fair enough. Okay. So let's move on. We're going to talk spoilers. We're going to talk about our favorites and not-so-favorite parts of the movie. So here's your warning. Pause the podcast. Come back to us in a day or so after you see it. And let us know what you think in the comments below. So, guys, let's, let's start. What do you guys really think? Well, so there's some key pieces of information that, you know, we just should make sure everyone's aware of. So we have the blip, which is not the, the snap. worst name. Uh, oh, God, it's so with. bad. No, no, because the Peter Tingle is worse. No, I love that. No, that it's, was that's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. Um, so the blip has to do with the people who came back after the unsnapping. Um, and that, they actually showed footage of that happening. Funny. Like Endgame yeah. didn't it show anything. It was a anything. great clever way to, uh, you know, kind of remind you that people just kind of came back in the exact same place they were before. Mm-hmm. And other things were going on. Yeah. Now, there's the movie convenience that you just have to accept that anybody of importance from Spider-Man Homecoming got dusted. Yeah. Everybody of importance got dusted. So they're all the same age. So they're all the same age. And there is one character they introduced who was a junior high student when they first started and now he's a high school student and he's big and buff and he's completely gone through puberty and they joke about how it was crazy that just yesterday blah 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 blah, looked like this and i thought that was a good touch but 
you know, maybe include more than one character. Yeah. Seems or, a little... or like maybe a character we knew from the first movie. Yeah. Like it seemed like a really cheap way to be like, see, some kids grew up without having to impact any of your char- characters that mattered. Yeah. You know, from the first movie. Um, it would have been interesting, like very unfair to the guy who plays Flash Thompson, but it would have been interesting to see him come back as like a student teacher or something because he had already graduated high school and he was 22 and he was like substituting or something like that. And he was pretty insignificant in this movie anyway. He was, you know, cause the new kid was like the real antagonist in the friend group instead of it being flash. Um, but so yeah, so the blip that that's, that's important. Um, obviously the events of Endgame are really big. So spoilers for Endgame if you haven't seen that, but you decided oh, yeah. to go see this. Oh my God. They <laughs> take care of that in like the first 30 seconds, guys. Um, so yeah, I guess. How, okay. So let's talk about the absence of Tony Stark and just how apparent it is. How in your face. How did you guys feel about that? I mean, they didn't have a choice. Like, they wrote this Spider-Man that way. Mm-hmm. So when they decided to kill off Tony, they had no other option. They had to give him all this crazy tech that somebody had to make, and it had to be Tony, but he's not around anymore. So he must have left it to him. Like, they didn't really have a choice. Okay. Um, this movie had to uh, had to deal with, and I think it did a good job. I don't, I'm not slamming the movie, but they were forced to live with a lot of consequences that weren't their decision, if that makes sense. And they just had to write around it, right? They had to write around the blip. They had to write around the death of Tony and just find out how to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, there was some fan theories around going around that said uh, that the glasses were going to be this big technological thing. And, and it was. But they also said that, you know, Tony was going to have uploaded his consciousness and that he mm-hmm. was going to be, which would have completely ruined the whole thing. And I'm really glad that they didn't do that. Um, but but uh, Tony is basically Uncle Ben for all intents and purposes in the MCU. Yeah. Um, so whatever. I mean, it was fine. It didn't really bother me that much. Um, I, they might've, if anything played it a little too hard, but overall I was fine with the amount of references to Tony. It was an important part for the character and, you know, so the consequences should have some impact. Now going with that route, I know this kind of skips ahead a bit, but it's relevant to this and it's during like the coolest scene in the movie, there is the moment where you see like zombie Iron Man. You guys know the scene I'm talking yes. about with like the broken helmet and everything. Like that. that was far darker and creepier than I ever thought that movie was going to go. Well, that scene was a direct like homage to Marvel Zombies. It had yeah. like the it was like a cover from the Marvel Zombies comic. Yeah, they're never going to be able to adapt that live action. Maybe in What If that would be cool. That would be cool. Well, again, that's still animation. Yeah. So. But like, that would that, be awesome. But in an MC, not just an MCU movie, but a Spider-Man movie, that just felt super dark. Um, so that surprised me to, to see that. Um, felt weird, yeah. you know, zombie Tony. Well, I really liked the AI that they did use. And he, Edith. yeah, Edith was great. And I liked the acronym, even in death, I'm the hero. Like yeah. that's that was good. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, how'd you guys like Nick Fury and Spider-Man's interaction? It was fine. Um, this is the first time the two of them have been on screen together and yeah, talked. So. Met, really. There yeah. were parts that were funny. I mean, it f- works better after the post credit scene for me. But during the movie, I just felt like he lost all of his like 
his mojo. spark. Yeah, yeah, his mojo. Exactly. And then, Do you I mean, guys think Sam Jackson's phoning it in? Like no. This, this I think is it was his 10th movie. No, I think it was how it was written. And, oh, okay. And that's why I think it makes sense after the post credit scene because it turns out that it's not actually him. Right. And that make, that works because... Well, we already went into spoilers, yeah. so we can talk about so the he, fact that he, it's Talos. Yeah, exactly. He's a scroll, and actual Fury is out well, vacationing in space somewhere, which we'll talk about that later. But that makes the rest of it work for me because he just seemed totally not himself. I think Mojo is the right way of saying it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had the post credit scenes both spoiled for me before the movie. So oh, I watched sucks. the movie knowing that he was a scroll. And because of that, I was able to pick up on things during okay. the movie. And so, so it wasn't the worst. It probably would have been a little bit better as a sur- surprise, but um, yeah. I mean, there was the scene where he says uh, Quentin Beck is from, uh, an Earth, just not your Earth, is what he says to Peter. Yeah. In the trailer, he said our Earth. Right. But in the movie, he says your Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and I thought that was a weird line at the time. Yeah. And in retrospect, it makes sense. Right. Um, so, you know, you were able to see a lot of little things that kind of gave it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was phoning it. He, it wasn't Samuel Jackson phoning it in, but it was... Talos or Talos or however you say it all, you know, acting like he thought a cool spy would. And, you know, he did the best he could. But like nobody, I think it shows that nobody else can be Nick Fury. It's really funny when they have to do that. It's like the scene in um, the seventh Harry Potter movie, Deathly Hallows Part One, where (laughs) Helena Bonham Carter has to pretend to be like, first of all, she's Bellatrix. Or she's Hermione pretending to be Bellatrix, but like there's so many different layers, so maybe that was it. Yeah, I, I do. I think it was very much on purpose, and okay. it worked after the fact for me. But it That's was weird fair. in the moment. Are you guys tired of seeing Nick Fury pop up in these things? No, not even at all. Yeah, me either. If, if I... anything, I was bummed that he missed out on some of these really big stories, like Infinity War and like Civil, War. Civil War. You know, he just wasn't there. I mean, I know he's in the post-credit scene for Infinity War, but he's not in those movies. Nope. And considering who he is and where the MCU began kind of rubbed me the wrong way and so i'm glad to see him back in action and i hope we get the real version of him he's also stuff. only like one of three or two you know connections to the the marvel tv shows so yeah um, you know i i don't know keeping him around is fine with me he doesn't do big parts of the movies for the most part and so you know it's always nice to see that familiar face that's been there since the very first well especially now that so many of them are gone yeah you know we we don't really know what hulk's up to speaking of that this bring in, in talking about the movie uh they do at the very beginning like the the school uh news segment, oh man yeah and they talk about captain america as if he was dead so do you guys think that after he came back he just never revealed him what was going on and so now they all, everybody just assumes that's that he such died a the world. weird what if like that means that he would have had to stand by during the you know 1960s and 70s the civil rights movement the, well, well but that's not true that. no, hey, like, well, no you don't have to get past all of that see that's that's the issue he was frozen no no no. it's not because he was frozen the way time travel judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...functions in Endgame is that without an Infinity Stone, you can't change the timeline. That's the whole point, right? Is that only the Infinity Stones can, inf- can affect each other. So that when he goes back and leaves himself in the past with Peggy, he can't change anything else. So the events that happened happened, whether he was there and tried to make them not happen or not is irrelevant because they were going to happen. So regardless of getting into another time travel discussion about Endgame, do you think that like, I mean, he's, he's, he is back. He's, he's, I'm sure the Avengers know. Right. But the world is just assumed that he died. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's on purpose. I'm sure Nick Fury knows, right? Because Bucky and, and, uh, I just thought it was interesting because I hadn't given much thought to that. I guess I just assumed that the world would honor him as a hero. And I'm sure they did. I'm sure there was a big funeral for the lost Avengers and things like that. Um, that opening was super weird. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, when I hear Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, I'm like, yeah and you know what's funny i watched kevin smith's review of this movie yeah he revealed that that song is one of the most expensive songs to get because not only do you have to get whitney houston's approval you also have to get dolly parton's approval that's very true and so that song for just to use for like 20 seconds is literally just marvel flexing their own you know dollars i I mean they could have used almost any honestly i think they should have used the sarah mclaughlin song that appears in the animal uh commercials because that gets the heartstrings a lot more the budget for this movie is not high it's 160 million dollars so for perspective that's all that's less than aquaman and suicide probably like the cgi was on point Went straight to uh, Whitney Houston and Dolly Parton. So, I mean, maybe they spent a lot on that one song, but they didn't like, they weren't throwing money. Like, Dark Phoenix costs significantly more than this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, my, my point was that that song is very expensive. That's a in good terms point. Of so- overall songs you could pick for it a is. movie. So it's very funny that they picked that song. I mean, they, maybe uh, Michael Giacchino is just not particularly expensive and he's just on tap for Marvel stuff now because he did the score. Giacchino. Is it Giacchino? I yeah. used to call him Giacchino and I was told that was wrong. So. That's how you say an Italian lesson. Okay. Well. I'm Italian. No, I don't know. know. We'll have to call him up. I did like that scene, though. (laughs) That whole, like, intro uh, to the school, you know. What a great moment of exposition. Yeah. In a great way to handle it, just in general. We can all relate to that. We all saw that crap when we were in high school. And, you know. Absolutely. It went on a little long, but yeah, I. It was a a little long. Um, Then we lost the scene from the trailers which i was very disappointed with about the cops with the cops yeah i love yeah. that scene. i always love when you get to see like the the heroes that we have in our real world police officers firefighters paramedics things like that interact with superheroes mm-hmm. and the superheroes say something nice to them or they have a really nice repertoire or whatever and we lost that scene completely and that was disappointing because that was the first scene that really got me a little bit excited for this movie and then it just wasn't there at all. Well, because it was supposed to show that he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, right. which is a theme in the rest of the movie. But we haven't seen him be that. And also shows some really great stuff with a suit that yeah. you just haven't really gotten to see how his suit handles gunshots and, you know, how his skills have progressed and things like that. So it just it did a lot of things in that one scene and they decided to cut it, which was disappointing for me. I agree. What That's about the point. scene when he's doing the thing with Aunt May? Uh, on stage the charity yeah that suit looked really weird to me did that look weird to you guys too in the it trailers was, it was not yeah. that suit no what it was not weird? it's the iron spider suit it looked very cgi it did it, not look like he was wearing it was an not good suit. i guess i didn't really notice in the trailers he was wearing like the, it, the it looks stiff and robotic suit. it looked like an iron man suit but not 
which in Avengers, it, it was clearly Tony's tech, but it flowed more with his movements where here he was very stiff. It just looked like he wasn't wear, actually wearing the suit. and It, it looked like that he was be. wearing a green screen and they green screened it mm-hmm. on, which something went on there because he wasn't wearing that suit in the trailer. So obviously they you know can easily switch between suits. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I didn't notice. I'd have to see it again. It stood out in a negative way to me in that scene. I much preferred the way it looked in the trailers with the what looked to be a practical suit. Maybe it wasn't, but so how do you guys feel about the happy May romance? I love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I do too. I love happy. Uh, yeah, you know John Favreau. I'm just a fan of John Favreau, Absolutely. whether he's directing or um, acting. And so yeah, he he kills it as happy. And I want to see him end up with Aunt May. Like I am shipping them, and I want them to be happy together forever. It's a really good excuse to keep him involved when his character doesn't necessarily need to stay involved anymore because at the end of the day, he was Tony's like assistant bodyguard guy. Right. So what is he still doing? Well, now like this is a good reason to keep him along and I want to see him. And he was, he, but he was also one of the closest people to Tony. Yeah. He flat out says so, that he was his best friend. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, Peter would obviously want to have that piece of Tony because I mean, that's what happy is at this point. Right. Uh, he's more because of the relationship now, but um Yeah. He's oh, a good character to have, and like you said, like I'm just a fan of, of Favreau in general. And I mean, come on, he he did the original Iron Man, and so like this is all kind of thanks to him in a lot of ways too. Like to- like Tony Robert Downey Jr. gets most of the credit, but there's some other people who made that happen too. So, so a fun little fact: John Favreau produced like a two hour behind the scenes documentary of the first. Um, spider or iron man he shot it all on his phone and he shared it on the dvd blu-ray and he said that he was playing the long game with marvel because in the comics happy ends up marrying pepper (laughs) and he was like i'm gonna kiss gwyneth paltrow (laughs) i think he's making up for it by making out with marisa tomei (laughs) i think he's getting the better end of that deal personally i mean i'm not gonna say anything but Marissa Tomei is gorgeous. I do love their relationship. It's, it's cute. cute. Yeah, it, it, and the way it works with Peter is great. Mm-hmm. Like the awkwardness and all that. Yeah, it's very good. And she's a great addition too. Like I know that they really aged her down and we talked about that during Homecoming. So I don't want to harp on that. But yeah, Tomei is great. Like she's just awesome. And I really like having her. Like her dynamic with Peter is really good too. Mm-hmm. You know, because because she's younger, it's a little more of like a playful of relationship. And right. I she's just, a little hipper. and Yeah. yeah. It's cool. I agree. Okay, so let's talk about the kids. Let's they go off to Europe for a summer vacation that is completely 100% set up and sabotaged by Nick Fury. I'm not even going to say Shield cuz it's not really Shield, it's just Nick Fury. <laughs> and it's not even him. The cool thing is is they shot on location for everything. They were actually in Venice, they were actually in Prague, they were actually in London, they were actually in Paris. Like they got to go to all these places and uh that had to be such a like interesting well tom holland lives like an hour away from all those places supposedly (laughs) an hour an hour he he, he lives in london very close to a lot of the places they were shooting i mean compared to us (laughs) well and compared to like where he shot in homecoming i I saw an interview where he said that homecoming is is called homecoming but he filmed that very far away and then far from home he filmed very close to his home so it was kind of a weird. This is what reversal. happens when you pick a British Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of our superheroes are British. Almost. Um, no, it it was cool. The different places they go are kind of neat, and it's it's a fun excuse 
for why they're doing it. Well, you could tell that they weren't set. You know, Venice yeah. was actually Venice. I really loved actually seeing Spider-Man away from New York. It was I something because like every Spider-Man we've seen has been in New York and mm-hmm. that's kind of part of his character. But then getting to see him in this new environment was it was a little bit refreshing, honestly. The, the thing is, my, my problem with it is it actually doesn't make a lot of sense to me in the way the story was handling it because Nick Fury makes this all happen, right? And he makes this all happen because of these events that are taking place. But Mysterio made all these events take place because he wanted to get to Peter to get the glasses. Why go through all the trouble to get him halfway across the world when you could have done all of this in the States? Maybe That's because he very like easy. All the Avengers. There's None like a ton of other heroes. Wait, wait, if Nick Fury can take Peter Parker across the country and his entire class... Why can't he ask another adult hero who does this full time? Like, that doesn't work for me. If they're not available to go to Italy, they're not available anywhere Well, there's else. also heroes in the MCU that are canon that don't work with Nick Fury at all. And, and that's every York. single one of Defenders. Yeah. So. Well, but it doesn't have to be New York necessarily, right? But it also, like, we've had a lot of stuff happen in New York that the Defenders haven't shown up for, like all of Avengers. So and the first Spider-Man movie. So I don't think having it in New York means those characters have to show up because they haven't before. So that's all. It's just it's a little convoluted that the guy who wants to get really close to Peter, who's clearly American, goes to another country in the hopes that somehow Peter will get to that other country because Nick Fury is going to do it, even though he doesn't really know Nick Fury very well. Like it's just it's a very convoluted excuse to try and get to a guy who's very accessible. Well, it also breaks away from the MCU issue that everything takes place in this one city and, you know, everybody's around. Why don't they call other people here? They kind of explain that as much as they can. You know, they they write off Thor, Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange all within a couple of lines of exposition. So, right. But you that know, would it's be the same in New York is all I'm saying. Like that that logic is why it's just Peter. But that logic would have worked in any country in the world. That's all. Okay. So you just have you just have a bunch of American people who made a really weird plan to do this in another country. That's all. Maybe okay. taking down monuments and and uh, you know historical landmarks was a bigger bigger deal for them. They wanted to make a really big impact on the world, and New York has been destroyed seventeen different times. <laughs> so it wouldn't be much of an well, impact. We yeah. also only see the final two. Or- three i thought i thought italy was the first one no because no, mexico the is the first one yeah, in mexico it was mexico italy and then prague huh okay i mean that makes even less sense i think but all right let's move on from that please uh mj and spidey romance go it's I'm cute. great with it. Yeah, yeah. it's yes. not traditional MJ, and I'm uh, I'm on board with it. So, well, like Sony owns the names Mary Jane, but not MJ, so she can be MJ. I do think Spider Man is about due for his Gwen Stacy moment, though. Um, <laughs> so I like this far along is about the time they would do that, and uh, you know, so I'll, if they do the third movie, then I feel like there's going to be something like that. God, that would suck. His girlfriend in the first movie has to move away because he gets her father arrested and then uh tony stark dies so i mean yeah i guess we are due for some spidey tragedy because yeah. the universe does hate spider-man 
I think the way they set it up, though, I'm not sure he's going to have time for that type of thing. But and then like they can't they if they if they can't use the name Mary Jane, they can't use Gwen Stacy. Well, I'm just saying Gwen Stacy moment. It doesn't have to be Gwen Stacy, yeah. but a moment like that where, where she, she dies. dies tragically because uh, of what he does, essentially. Like he uh, has a hand in it, yeah. trying to I save her kind of thing. Like, ugh. I think since Amazing Spider-Man did that, they might purposefully just avoid it. Well, yeah, I because movies always do that. No, not it movies was like X Men: Dark Phoenix was was Whoa, told wait, Phoenix story like seventeen different Let, times. <laughs> I don't think using the X Men movies as an example is a good w- thing to look at because those movies are mostly right. Hot I'm just garbage. saying that that doesn't stop people from making just no. because it's been done. Well, but the Spider Man, the Spider Man has used that plot twice in live action. Like the first movie had the exact same setup where Green Goblin captures his love interest and makes spider-man choose between uh the love interest or like a truck train car full of people and in this one it just happened to work out and in amazing spider-man 2 it was green goblin's son and that and it didn't work out so we've already seen that plot line twice but well i i meant it not working out yeah i don't think they're going to do that Okay. Yeah, you're going to put people in peril. I mean, that's what you do in superhero movies, but I don't think they're going to kill one of his interests. I don't think they're going to kill off Zendaya anytime soon. Guess we'll see. It doesn't have to be a romantic love interest. It can be Ned. No. It can be any of the any of his classmates. Like it doesn't have to be oh, the person man. closest to him. Ned dying does open up doors. That would be very different. That would yeah. be intense. I mean, it, he just needs a loss of somebody very close to him. Not, I mean, it. Not I mean, Uncle does Ben. He? I think he does. I mean, he yes. just had that, didn't he? But not, I mean, that's not in his own movie. That's <laughs> what happens with Spider-Man. That's what but, they do to Spider-Man. The comics does it. The movies have done it. They pour tragedy on this one person until he just breaks. I don't think the fact that it wasn't in his movie is relevant in the MCU because it's not one movie anymore. Well, he did get a tragedy dumped on him and the whole next film has to deal with it because of what happened in the mid credit scene and sure so well let's talk about that so let's let's talk about how great Mysterio was because Jake Gyllenhaal was really the shining highlight of this film and Mysterio Same as the first movie with Michael Keaton I mean it's the villains are always in the Spider-Man movies they've done a really great job it might be the best depending on how the third one comes out so far you know, it's in contention for the best villains of any franchise within the MCU. I give a lot of credit to Tom Holland because as soon as he steps foot on set, he makes friends with the person who's supposed to be the villain. So the two of them have a really good connection. He did that with Michael Keaton. Now he calls Jake Gyllenhaal his husband. So (laughs) it's so great. Oh my God. I love the two of them together. So their interviews are great. I always mm -hmm. watch the interviews for the actors for movies I like. And yeah, seeing them together is always a, a lot of fun. I've always been very critical of Jake Gyllenhaal. I've never been like a huge fan of his work. But is it man, because he played the Prince of Persia and he's clearly not Persian? I've actually never seen that. I have. I saw it um, opening weekend. He's not Persian. No, but he is so. That's not his fault, though. He's so great in this, and I love him so much that I'm sad they went with the the twist that you know we expected. I kind of wish the they. Point. I know it's the point, but it bums me out because I just want to see more of them. And yet again, Marvel killed off their villain. Yeah, they didn't. He's I a mean, master of illusion. He's not dead. Okay. Like, there's no way that they got Jake Gyllenhaal and they're killing him off. I mean, look, I mean, they got Jeff Bridges and they killed him off. <laughs> that was the first movie in the entire MCU, though. That that was not. That was before they had nine picture deals and everything else. Other than Robert I don't Jr., know. I, I mean, most of them, 
it's it's Michael Keaton and Tom Hiddleston that I mean Tom Hiddleston was killed off a bunch of times so yeah. in every movie alive, so yeah. you know um, no I mean my, my point is more of just that I I didn't want them to get rid of him so quickly right you I know? don't want them to get rid of Kate Blanchett like they keep getting rid of people that right. I love like you can. I don't like faking deaths gets boring after a while. And there's other things that have done that recently that we're not going to bring up here that I think, you know what I'm talking about. Right. And it just kind of gets old. If you want a character to continue on, come up with something else, have them get arrested, have them get caught. You know, normally I agree with you. The only reason I don't have as much of a problem with it in this movie and with Loki is because Loki is a trickster God. That's his whole thing. And Mysterio's whole thing is illusion and deception. And so I don't have a problem with those two characters doing that because that's kind of it's kind of like Nick Fury. Nick Fury's whole thing is that he's a super secret agent that like that, you know, that's part of his thing. If it's just like now they're going to bring Iron Man back, then yes, obviously I would have an issue with that or like uh, Cap, you know, even though he's not dead. But you well, know right, what I mean? yeah. um, so I, I have less of a problem with it in that context. If they killed Vulture off and then brought him back, he's not a trickster villain or any kind of illusion. He's a blue so collar worker. Yeah. yeah. But so is uh, so is Quentin, and I thought that's something that they've done with both. He's of those. not. Well, Quentin he's, was a super scientist that Tony stole he was from. A, he was a working for uh, you know a billionaire playboy that was essentially. That's not blue collar. No, but Quentin I mean, was very white collar. But it's a working man. But I I think that it's just it's a tired trope, and if he is a master of illusion, he should be able to escape pretty easily. Why why is it harder for him to escape than to fake his death? Well, it's not that he has a problem with escaping. It's that he wants the world to think he's dead. And so he had to make it a big thing. I guess. I just, I, if you're going to bring him back, I'd rather you tell the audience that at some point and have some scene where we know he's alive, but nobody else does. Cause I'm just kind of bored. With so that. I, we're running out of time here. Already? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We go over all the time when we well, do movie reviews. So I got to say, I absolutely adore how they did his powers here. The drones, the Tony. The faceless army again, except oh, in this God. time it's drones. It was so good, though. they're controlled by somebody. I guess, yeah. It was, it was really well done. The thing is, Mysterio, he had magic, but he had really shitty magic. It wasn't, like, great. So he just learned to... He, he was... Uh, Oh God! What's his name from Chamber of Secrets? He was the fraud guy. The fraud. I don't guy? know Harry Potter yeah. well enough to know who you're talking about. Oh my God! He was Kenneth Branagh's character. The <gasps> the one that everybody loved. Who did Defense Against the Dark Arts and had the Cornish Pixies and Oh my God! Anyway, we're gonna spend so, half the podcast figuring no, out. No, but like that's what Mysterio is. He was a con man this whole time, so he gets great at one thing. Instead of a memory charm, it's illusion. And in here, it's science. He redirects science. None of it yeah. is magic. And I I loved that. I was really curious. It was curious. an interesting take on the character, for yeah. sure. The, the, the montage, the illusion montage at the construction site. That is the most comic book thing I've ever seen. One of the screen. best scenes in the MCU, period. That's one of the coolest scenes I've seen in a movie oh, ever. It's right up there mm-hmm. with the Doctor Strange sequence. From Oh, I think opinion. it's better, man. It might be better. Because at least everything had a purpose in this one. Like, that one was just, let's see how far the 3D effects will go. Well, there's trippy. Like, the Doctor Strange one is super trippy, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a beautiful scene. Yeah. But this one is so 
different. It's so much like it's a ride, mm-hmm. right? Like this is something that you would have done at like Universal if there was a the, the Spider Man ride at Universal or something like that. Hundred you know? percent. This was so comic booky. It reminded me of everything I used to read as a kid, and just seeing it. It God, it made this movie my favorite Spider-Man movie, my favorite live action. Just that one scene. I could watch that every day. Yeah, it was very good. And yeah, you were right. It's a standout scene among movies in general, but especially in the MCU, it's mm-hmm. very it's mm-hmm. it's very well done and very high up there. It's incredibly clean cut. Like there it's not a messy scene by any respects. It's not difficult to follow as complicated and and convoluted mm-hmm. it is. It's just impressive across the board. It's um, really neat that all the cool things they're doing with visuals between the fun stuff in Thor Ragnarok and Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel and now this, you know, I really think they're trying to take that superhero thing to the next level because let's face it, we compare those four movies to the first, you know, four or five of the MCU and a lot of them are formulaic. They had the same special effects. They, they had, weren't letting directors do their own mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It was cool. It was it was really well done. I like that they were able to kind of keep it realistic. And it gets hit by a MCU, train at the very end. Like he messes him up. Tom Holland's character, you know, Peter Parker easily could have died. And uh, it takes more than a train to kill Spider Man. I he's very durable. as we saw in Spider Man Two yeah, already. That's true. I was a little disappointed in the new suit that he makes himself on the jet. I was oh, expecting I something a little the, bit. Yeah, the, the black. The, the, the wings, wings were, that was cool because he could glide. Wings. But but that's from epi- or issue number one of the Amazing Spider Man. Yeah, the wings. That, yeah. that was really cool. I was just expecting the suit to look a little more techy. I guess because of how it was being designed. See, I'm fine with it not looking techy. Spider-Man is not a tech character, really. I other agree. Than web shooters. I'm, okay, I, I don't agree with that at all. The MCU's was made it more techy. Yeah, but... right. But that's what I'm t- this is. But that's the character that we have. Char- and in, in, in the five movies that he's been in, he's other than Civil War, he's been pretty tech heavy. Okay, I mean, I'm saying the character, you know, is going back to his roots with not relying on a bunch of tech because that's Iron Man was an influence on him with the tech, and it was cool. The Iron Spider suit was cool, but I I think a more pure Spider Man experience. I wasn't looking for the Iron Spider. With him just using his abilities and not relying on a suit is, in my opinion, better. Sure, you might not like it because it's not established what we have in the MCU, but I liked that it was not techy and that it was back to basics because he started in sweatpants. And goggles, but the point is that that wasn't like the good stuff, and now he's got access to it. That's all. Yeah, and he doesn't want it. So yeah, and I'm just based on what he had to go up against. I'm not sure that that was a smart decision. I mean, he won barely. And did he? I mean, did he win? Because the end of the movie certainly makes it look like he didn't win. So okay, no. Okay, so let's talk about the end of the movie where, uh, or we can we can talk about the one issue I have with Mysterio, and that's that giant exposition scene where he just has the longest villain monologue, and he introduces and explains every single key role that a person had in his group and how to create this illusion, and I hated it every second of it it went on way too long like i i don't need your credits buddy i get it like the whole thing with him is he's slowly becoming his own megalomaniac and forgetting and stepping on the little people that he was once a little person who was stepped on so 
you know, you could have just started leaving more and more people out. <laughs> I didn't have that big of a problem with it. Yeah, it went it on long. It was so long. It went on long. But, like, the connection to, um, was it Civil War? When he had the barf thing. Barf was yeah. uh, Age of, yeah, Civil War. And then, and yeah, then, the original Iron Man. Yeah. You know, was, I thought those were nice shout outs. I mean, it worked because he wasn't just randomly talking. It was like a congratulations, acceptance right. speech. You know, Which if you've ever worked for the business and you had a really good day of sales or something, you could see something like it's that. It's pretty common. Yeah. Like, if, if and it, I think those go on too long, too. I'm not saying they do. don't. I'm just based on who those characters were supposed to be. It seemed to fit really well, you know, and. You call out everyone's accomplishments and you're kind of cocky and jovial because you pulled it off and it was actually easier than you thought it was going to be. So you guys must be really smart. So you're going to pat each other on the back a bunch. Like, I don't know. That, that I will say that moment did kind of break my heart. As soon as he stands up and he says, get this crap off of me. Like, God, he had played the good guy so well right before that. It yeah. just broke I, my heart. I was like, with Derek where I was like, man, I wanted to be a part of the Avengers. I know. But, but you know, that's the whole thing, right? He's he's a con man. And yeah. So, um, yeah. It we hurt. all knew it was coming. Sure. But, uh, but see, sometimes I don't want to know. And I thought it would have been cool to, the, to just completely flip the character on its head and do something totally mm-hmm. different. Have him be legitimately from another Earth. Have him be a good guy. And maybe you have our earth's you know con man one show up at some point down the road like the mandarin you know but not not like the mandarin but you could have an interesting duality where they have to fight each other jake gyllenhaal and jake gyllenhaal fight would have been fun you know you could do it down the road it doesn't have to be in this film but it just would have been cool because part of the 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 things that the mcu has done really well is when they have kind of looked at what the comic books did and then did it their own way Mm mm-hmm you know, there aren't really that many copycats in the MCU. Yeah. I will say, yeah, that's that's another thing. The multiverse is a lie. Yeah. We're not getting a multiverse in this so movie. Yeah. Especially considering we had bummer. a whole episode based yeah, on that. Yeah, we did. Um, that was, was a huge bummer. There was one scene that I saw broken down on Reddit that I didn't catch during the movie, but I thought was really interesting that I think you guys would be find interesting, too, if you haven't already seen it. Because there's been a meme around it floating around, too. Um, the scene where Mysterio goes up to floats up to Peter when he's sitting on the edge of the uh, like roof or whatever, the ledge mm-hmm. before they're when they're just watching for the monster or whatever. Um, and Mysterio is talking to him about MJ and everything. The way the scene is shot is it's shot in a way for to have two people in the scene when it's focused on just Peter and the area behind him. The way they shot it was to show where Mysterio was actually coming in because he isn't actually Mysterio when he's floating up. It's the mocap, whatever. Right. Um, Mysterio, because he can't actually fly. Right. right. So when he goes and sits on the ledge, that's the real Mysterio. So the way the scene was shot, you don't actually see like cloaked Mysterio, but you can see the stairway where he would be coming and the camera follows the path he would have been taking and meets right when he sits down on the, uh, on the ledge. And the illusion ends and Mysterio actually is sitting there. Um, if you go back and look at it, it's really interesting to wa- rewatch that scene. Act- the scene is actually on YouTube because it was okay. in the promotional materials. But it's really cool. I, I didn't pick up on it during the movie. But watching, yeah. going back and looking at it after having it explained to me, it was shot wide. Like there should be, you know, when we were analyzing the Endgame trailer. Yeah. And we were like, there's definitely somebody standing there right. that they cut out. Yeah. It was like that. The whole the whole scene when it's focused mm-hmm. on Peter and kind of circling around him, um, so yeah, definitely go go and check that out. It's a really cool way of mm-hmm. handling that that I didn't pick up on, but going back and looking at it, I can really appreciate 
what they did there. Oh, that is neat. Yeah, not a lot of people pick up on that. But So we got to talk about the climax, uh, the final fight between Mysterio and Spider-Man. And it was really interesting and very well done, in my opinion, seeing Spider-Man inside the illusion of the giant elemental monster and taking down all the individual drones inside of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. I mean... It was a bit anticlimactic, I guess, because he's not really fighting anything except a bunch of drones. Right. And so it's just another, like I said, faceless army. It is. Um, but it was cool. It was at least it wasn't like aliens. Yeah. You know, it was just it was actual technology that we don't really have, but it's similar to what we really have, you know. So I, I did think the whole way they handled Mysterio was great with the, the and being drones and projectors yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I, it was a cool scene. It wasn't like my favorite you know, climax of any Marvel movie, but um, everything Mysterio did in that scene was good, I thought. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I just really loved in this movie. Mm-hmm. So they have a final showdown, and Mysterio still has a few illusions to pull out, and as soon as Spider-Man says, yes, execute them all, I was like, oh, that's not going to go well. Yeah, I he- thought it was a weird way of phrasing it. But, saying the word execute yeah. i was like oh that's gonna turn around on you buddy don't know how don't yeah, know when but we didn't i didn't expect it to go that far though like oh really did it in the end credit scene i didn't expect them to actually reveal uh you know that peter parker is spider-man um, so, so yeah let's a, talk about that so here, here's the thing because that's a huge thing for the marvel universe i mean absolutely it's supposed to be but like He's kind of the only hero that people don't know who he is. So yeah. is it that big of a deal? Well, they're going to write it off, I'm sure. Well, it's, it's because he's technically underage. They were keeping him quiet because right. like, he, he's still a kid. And sure. If they find out that this kid has also been to space and fighting these giant battles like that, there's got to be like laws against that right like i mean child armies aren't a thing who are you gonna prosecute but that's the thing like that (laughs) i mean like they're not gonna have that movie that's not gonna be a movie right so the real ramifications of this are or or what he just has to deal with what every flash thompson he just has to deal with what every other mcu hero has had to deal with for 10 years yeah he can't fly under the radar anymore he's still in school he's still got you know all these things going on around him you know all everything that happens around him now and if he does something wrong can be completely blamed on him and he doesn't have any way of hiding where all his loved ones are now in danger which i think right. is the biggest part of it i guess all but it loses some of its impact because it just makes him the same as everybody else i don't think it does i think his, because his character is different first of all we already talked about him being underage and exposing yourself like that like we saw in iron man 3 what happens when people have your personal identity and your address and stuff now it's technically a kid that's not okay that's not cool so that that's a big deal like this is going to affect him in school in college and and it was also not on his terms thor captain america Iron Man, that was all no, on their terms. I understand. I just, I, for me, the, it loses weight when everybody else is already dealing with it. This is I mean, movie not 23. And everybody else. Like, Captain Marvel's identity is not public. Well, she's, I mean, she spends she, most of her time in space. I'm yeah, not sure that that matters. She gets away with it because she's not on Earth. But I think. Mo- but this- all of our heroes have had to deal with the fact that people know who they are. That has been a, a point. In, that was a point in her movie. 
people were trying to take advantage of, of her. The, 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 the Cree computer system was, you know, taking form of her mentor and all those types of things. I mean, she had to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they went after the only family she really had. Okay. You know, I just, if, if this was the the world where nobody knew who the heroes were then yeah it's a, it's a really big deal i found the cameo to be far more interesting and intriguing yeah jk simmons is back as j jonah jameson it's kind of, i knew about that too because of the spoiler that i got right. but also like that was kind of almost hugely spoiled just by marvel's coverage of their own premiere because jk simmons was, was there, there and they made it a big point oh man to, i like, didn't know that pictures of him and stuff that's huge so you know what because I, I already knew at that point and then i saw the pictures of him there and i'm like oh, okay well that that's a huge spoiler for people and i just <laughs> hope people didn't pick up on it i didn't pick up on it because in my head i'm like well they're inviting him because he's part you know he's been part of the spider-man you know universe and they just want to you know like he's there because he's he's an actor you know it didn't occur to me that they were going to use him in the same role because it asks some interesting questions about casting you know is is there then like does that show that there is a multiverse and this just was not the the mysterio was lying about it but it does really exist and the other spider-man he is you know in another universe somewhere is the one that we saw with Tobey Maguire. I don't find that that very interesting just because we're not probably ever going to see that. I mean, the chances are very slim that we'll ever see a Spider-Man multiverse in live action. Then why cast him? Because it's fan service. No, I think it's legit because the same reason John Favreau brought only one actor back for the Lion King. It was James Earl Jones. I think some people embody a role so well that you just can't replace them. There's just nobody out there. And I can't think of one other person who could be J. Jonah Jameson because of just how intensely J.K. Simmons played him. And it's, it's a small role, so why not bring him back? It doesn't matter if he ages. It doesn't matter. His hair, obviously, has changed. His mustache was gone. Like, he, he showed up on set as J.K. Simmons. They did no makeup or hair and was like, hey, man, do your thing. You'll film 30 seconds and it'll be perfect. And they he was shot like, it, yes. They shot it in a conference room with a green screen. That's what, in yeah. One, in one day. That's what it looks like. <laughs> that man showed up on set, collected his bag of money, and then went to the premiere. But he theoretically would have a fairly significant role in the third film. And that makes sense because Peter's about to graduate high school and that's when he goes and works with the Daily Bugle. Not except anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> hey, that's a ramification. But. That, that's a big one, though. The fact that he's not going to work for the Bugle is a big one. But I also didn't see this version of Spider-Man going that route because his life is just so drastically different. It's not like he needs to be shelling photos of himself to pay for food, you know. Like it worked really well for Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man because he was, you know, really broke trying to live on his own. And well, within the first movie, he graduates high school and moves out Mm -hmm. on its own and stops living off of his aunt and uncle. So in the first movie, you know, here he didn't have Tony Stark money. Okay. does he have Tony Stark money now? I don't know. He left him a satellite surveillance weapon system. And that doesn't AI. mean he has a bunch of money. Like, I can't in the, imagine. In the scenes that, one of the scenes they cut out, he was selling his Star Wars toys to fund his trip to Europe. Which, But tells, they cut it out. So. They cut it out because it was too long. The movie was too long. Or maybe it just didn't make sense. But in any case, he's clearly not got Tony Stark money. I mean, it's that, why are they living in a tiny apartment in Queens if he has Tony Stark yeah. money? Like, There's a lot of things that show that he's not Tony Stark money. <laughs> I think that it's more like you know pepper sometimes will like give him money for spider-man stuff right like the suit 
that they built at the end or something like that. But that she's not like giving him a mansion or like I didn't say he was given know, a paying man- for all his flight and travel everywhere. Well, I, I didn't say he was given unlimited funds. I think Tony that, Stark money is unlimited funds. That's I didn't say he, I didn't say he was given all of Tony. You Stark's said Tony money. Stark money. Yeah, and. I was trying to like say it quickly rather than detail it, but let's let's detail it out for a minute. So Nick Fury created this trip that the guy he needs the trip for couldn't afford, because that makes even less sense than if you want to keep. I that don't scene even. In the movie. Do we know that Nick Fury created the whole trip? Like that's what we were told in the movie that he created the whole trip. Yeah, he, he changed he said, the trip around. No, once it already started, they they call it out. There's a scene where he is like so. Was this supposed to even happen? There was nothing sciencey about it, and they were like, "No." So, okay. Well, either way, that's not like that completely proves your argument. No, that no, now it's, Tony it's Stark not a, money is all Peter. It's Parker not a prove money. one way or the other. I'm just saying that it seems unlikely to me that, given what we know, Tony has given him that he has zero money from that. But no, I disagree. Okay. Seems weird. Here's a two billion dollar defense system. Go buy yourself some pizza. for the Avengers. It's a yeah. Spider-Man thing, not like I said. He anything Spider-Man. I feel like Tony Stark or Pepper or whoever's running Stark Industries is happy to provide for him. Sure, but. I'm not saying that if he does, if he asks for help, they're going to turn him down. I'm just saying that it doesn't make sense for me that if they were really that close, that he wouldn't leave him any money. I mean, they would probably live in a tiny apartment if that was the case. I mean, we don't, we don't this really is know. The dumbest argument I think we've ever had. <laughs> like, all right, move on. All right, guys, that kind of wraps us up for the week. Oh, that's be. it. Yeah, like, what else is there to talk about the movie unless you want to keep going? Well, there's the post credit scene. Yeah, we talked about both post credit scenes. Where okay. Mist- I mean, the only part we didn't talk about was with Samuel Jackson, where he's at in space and what that means. We don't actually know where he's at, yeah. technically. He's on a scroll base, and there's a ton of them, and he's just chilling in this, like... Gets called back. Hollow suite kind of thing. It's very Star Trek, that he's just sitting there on a beach. Yeah. And, yeah... Which uh, is weird seeing uh, Nick Fury that way. Yeah, it was. Seeing him in, like, some flowery... Uh, swim trunks yeah it would have been worse if he was wearing crocs but other than that like it was really weird clearly they're leading up to two very big things where spider-man's going and where the mcu's going and secret invasion getting ready to happen we don't know I mean, I, it's, uh, it's it'd be very difficult to paint the scrolls in a bad light at this point but you could have like a rebel force of scrolls that yeah. like is doing the wrong thing and them. i think that's the best move you have to depict these races of villains to be the exact same as us they're good they're bad yeah there's in between captain marvel saved them all she did that's right she's our savior was there something you wanted to say about it derek no i'm good okay all right then we're over guys we're done for the week what did you guys think of spider-man far from home we hope you enjoyed it what are we gonna grade it yeah okay i'm not new here okay just letting you know um ryan you want to establish a letter grade for master derek i'd say b yeah it wasn't the best it was probably in the better half of mcu movies and i enjoyed it more than homecoming but yeah um it wasn't you know uh, any winter soldier basically any of the captain america movies for me so that's fair derek B plus. Cool. Rachel. 
A minus. I really wow. enjoyed it. Yeah. That's it, for a Spider-Man movie for you. The thing is, I'm not really invested in Spider-Man, and I've seen them do the same storyline multiple times throughout even the same first trilogy. So um, I really liked this movie. It did something new. It did something different. And all the stars were like on point for me. So I just had a really good time. Um, yeah. So if you guys are watching us live on Twitch or watching later on YouTube, you can see our tags at the bottom. You can follow Heroes Podcast at Heroes Podcast. You can go to our website, heroespodcast.com. You can follow Screen Heroes at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. You can follow Ryan at Buster Props. You can follow Derek at the Star Trek Dude. And you can follow me at Siren Ray. Of course, you can listen to any of our other shows, as well as this one, every week on iTunes and, or not iTunes, Apple Music and Spreaker, Spotify. Those are the big ones. So thanks again for joining us and we will catch you next week. <laughs>